Not all financial advice is good advice. Today, the fine print that you may have overlooked. This is the Seven Figures Podcast, smart money strategies for women with Sandy Waters. Hope you all had a wonderful holiday. It's been a few weeks, I know, but we are back and it's the first Friday of the month. So that means our good friend, CFP VP at Morgan Stanley, Erica Cummings is here with us. Happy New Year. Had a good holiday. We did, yes. It goes so fast. It really the, does. The family is is they left. They're safe and sound back at home. They left. They're safe and sound. We. Uh, I always say I never know which is better when we travel and we don't have to worry about hosting everybody or when we host everybody and don't have to travel. But you're always kind of ready for the opposite when you're done. But yeah. it, it, it's always fun to have everybody here, and and this is the best time of year. So. Today, I think I want to educate everyone on the options of where they can put their money and then clarify what the return will be. So, and I bring this up because a friend of mine was telling me how she was advised to put her money somewhere that earns her 7% no risk, but she can't touch the money for six years. And I'm like, I don't even know if that exists. She must have either misunderstood and maybe it's after the six years it totals seven percent return or she put her money into somewhere that it does have risk so if you could give us just the the basic knowledge of what exists out there so if there is a time where someone is trying to push something on you it could either raise an eyebrow for you and you're like oh no 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 that doesn't sound right or it uh, it forces you to do a little bit more research to into the fine print or a better understanding absolutely so yeah when you think about the the three types of ways that most people invest their money there's either short term cash there's bonds or there's stocks there are annuities out there as well very complicated and really, really important that you understand all the fine print. But when we first think about what's normal, normal is relative to the current economic situation. So anybody who's listening to this that remembers the late 70s and early 80s remembers when CDs were double digits. So you could get a 12, 13, 14% CD, which sounds crazy nowadays. However, Inflation was double digits at the time. Your mortgages were double digits. So everything is relative to the economic climate. So right now, we are fortunate enough to have extremely historically low mortgage rates. So you can get a 30-year mortgage that's less than 4%. However, you can't have that and then also have a CD. Banks would be out of business if they were loaning money and only charging 4%. But then they were giving you 12% on the money that came in. Before we even tackle CDs, I'm just going to pause you for one second. Yeah. The money that you want to, you need, right? The money that's going to pay the day-to-day bills, that you would put it in a financial institution, whether it's a, a bank, a credit union, or even... The online banks sometimes offer a little bit more um, only because, and I know a lot of people feel a little odd going the online banking route, but because there's no brick and mortar and employees, they do offer a little bit more. They do, yes, because there's not, the overhead is considerably lower. What would you say, though, is generally speaking, and I know you can't fine tune it to the exact percentage point, but generally speaking, you're going to get what? So obviously a checking account, you're going to get virtually nothing. 
And that's because the money is, is constantly going in and out. So when an institution has to look at what they have that they can utilize as part of the circle of life, if you will, when it comes to money. So, mm-hmm. you know, at any given time, a bank cannot, the money doesn't all just sit in the bank. It, it, does, it doesn't sit in that vault in the back that we, you know, we all think about. It's constantly flowing, but because a checking account is constantly flowing, so money goes in from your deposits from your employer, and then all that money, most of it goes out to pay for bills, there's not going to be a whole lot of return at all. First of all, it's not going to be sitting there for very long. Most people don't have a paycheck that sits, they're paying their bills with it. So checking accounts for most people, I say, that should you should not be expecting anything from that. You should just expect that to be a constant flow. Now, when you get into savings accounts, it really depends on whether or not you need to utilize it more often. If you plan on taking more money out, um, there's promotions out there that you'll get better savings rates if you're putting new money into certain institutions because they want deposits. And in that case, you know, again, depends on the climate, but you might be looking at somewhere between one and a half to two percent. And that will generally float with whatever the, you know, the economic conditions are. So if the Fed lowers rates, you might see that rate go down. If the Fed decides to increase rates, you'll see that go up. But that's something that the rate is going to float and it's going to, again, be based on economic conditions. Okay, so if somebody says the promotion is more than 2%, really get some clarification because that doesn't typically happen with a basic financial institution savings. Typically not, no, okay. especially in this environment. And, and again, this can change on a dime. Sure. Because, you know, the economy changes, the Fed makes decisions, but that is something that if you see, and this is kind of across the board with this conversation, if it seems too good to be true and no one else is talking about it, uh, the thing is every institution that we're talking about, whether it's a bank, whether it's a uh, credit union, most of your wealth management firms have these types of checking accounts now, they have savings promos, but they all have FDIC insurance. They, I mean, you can look them up. You can see the credit ratings of the companies. When you should be concerned is if you're, you know, showing up at someone's house and they're running the bank out of oh, their garage. Geez. Okay. I hope that would raise a red flag. <laughs> yeah. But- yeah. I mean, most of us, most of the places that we see on the street, um, you'll see that they're, you know, they have the FDIC emblem outside of the door. I mean, yeah. these are institutions that you know you can trust. And, you know, there might be a slight variation between each one in terms of the interest rate that they're going to pay. But they're all going to be, it's kind of like when you're looking for a mortgage. Yeah. You're not going to have one that's way different than everybody else if they're all they're all around the reputable yeah if they're all reputable firms and then just make sure you read the fine print there might be you know a requirement to have x number of dollars in the account or once it goes over an x dollar amount now you're not going to get interest on that or you know just read that fine print yes and also another big thing that a lot of people didn't realize and don't realize is make sure you understand how much money you can take out, how many Mm. transactions in any given month, because you could get dinged with fees if you end up taking more than X amount of transactions out of that savings account. So you really want to make sure that it's attractive to see that rate, no question about it. But if you're planning on using that savings 
for vacations, and let's say you're making deposits on those vacations on a regular basis, or you're doing work on your house, and every time a contractor comes in, you have to take out uh, a withdrawal, you just want to make sure that there's enough flexibility to do that, because you could get these fees that all of a sudden wipe out almost all the interest that you you ended up gaining. Great point. Okay, so now let's pick up where you left off when it comes to CDs. CDs will lock you in for a certain amount of time. So this is money that you want to kind of have accessible. Maybe you're going to buy a house in five years. So those earn you a little bit more, right, than yes. a savings account. Typically, yes. Again, depends on the environment. Mm-hmm. So it, we're in a very low interest rate environment. And so I caution people to go too far out because a lot can change over the next few years. Okay. So when you get further out in maturity, you run the risk of interest rates potentially going up over that time period. And now you're locked in at a 2 or a 3% rate, and two years from now, the economy might be booming again and rates go up. But you, you just never know what the environment is. So it really depends on the person's situation. It depends on their comfort level. But you just want to make sure you understand that depending on where you're getting a CD from, there might be fees. So depending on the institution, you either have um, early withdrawal penalties or if it's with a, a major wealth management firm like a Morgan Stanley, for example, you can sell that on the open market. However, you're probably going to get, quote, unquote, penalized because if there's a if the current interest rate environment is higher than what your CD is, you're going to try and sell it on the open market and no one's going to want to buy it for the amount that you paid for it. So either way, if the, if the interest rate market goes up, then you could end up in a situation where you're kind of stuck with this lower rate until it matures. Okay. So you don't want to go too far out with CDs, but they do tend to pay higher rates than a traditional savings account because of the fact that the money's locked in. So you do get a, a little bit more because you're giving up that liquidity. And when you say, just to clarify for if anybody is confused by it, when you say, let's say the interest rate, it says 1.9%, what does that mean? So it's 1.9% on whatever the principal is that you have in there and generally will pay out every year. So depending on how long, what the maturity is for that CD, that's how often it will pay out. Okay. In levels of risk, now Mm -hmm. moving into the market, so comparatively speaking, now there's, there's higher levels of risk. So there's private equity, there's real estate. So there's a lot of different investments out mm-hmm. there. There are what are called limited partnerships where you are locked in until a general partner decides that you can take your investment out. There's a lot of risky investments out there. The market is risky in terms of volatility, but for the most part, anything that you invest in mutual funds, ETFs, or actual individual stocks, you have daily liquidity. So you can sell it at any point in time on a daily basis. When you start to get into situations where the money is locked in and you don't understand your access, that's when you really could get into trouble. Okay. So it's very, very important. Most of us understand or have come across mutual funds possibly ETFs. We all know individual stocks. Anybody that has a 401k has mutual funds inside of there. You know that you can go in and you can sell those daily. So none of those are risky in the sense that you could potentially see it go to zero because you may not be able to get that money out. And there's generally not a whole lot of penalties involved with selling these things. 
When you start to get into investments that have deferred sales charges, so you have to wait a certain amount of time before you can get all of your principal back, when you may not be able to get your principal back at all until a general partner decides that you can, uh, and these are very, these are more sophisticated, and at no point in time am I saying that any of these investments are good or bad. I'm just saying that they are more complicated, and some of them, in the past, people have been preyed on, particularly older people, and they don't know what they're getting themselves into until it's too late. So it's really important for you to go with your gut and to make sure that you truly understand. And the way you really, I really truly believe that when you start to get into more of these sophisticated investments, if someone calls you up and says, I have a deal for you, and there's many variations of that sentence, that you really should go to someone who has a level of knowledge to tell you exactly what you're investing in. Mm-hmm. And there's no question that just like any other industry, there are certain subsets of the population that are more susceptible to being scammed or more susceptible to, to agreeing to something that they don't, they don't 100% understand. I'll give a plug for you <laughs> because <laughs> sometimes it is hard to know who to trust. And Erica yes. Cummings... VP at Morgan Stanley, you really do. I mean, this is your mission and your goal is to make sure that women people have a good understanding of what the truth is. We want them to be educated. So you take care of our listeners. Thank you. It's, uh, it's my pleasure. It's, it, it shouldn't, it's hard enough daily to do the right thing, to find the money to save, to take care of your families. You shouldn't have to worry about outside forces potentially derailing the hard work that that you're doing every day. Okay. I know there's so much more that you can go into with detail of each area, but this is just a good base. This is what you should expect with investing in each of those areas. Yes, and then we'll get into far more detail for the rest of the year. We're looking forward to it. The year of 2020 vision. Thank you, Erica. You're welcome. Always a pleasure. Happy New Year to everybody. Next week on the podcast, Opening Doors for Working Women, Alisa Whitfield will join the conversation. She's going to help us dress for success. That will be next Friday. In the meantime, you have a great weekend, and we raise a glass and say cheers to being financially confident women. If you have a personal finance question or feedback about the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to Sandy at sandy at rochesterbuzz.com new episode every Friday. Listen, subscribe, and tell a friend about the 7 Figures podcast. Smart money strategies for women.